We are so excited to be kicking off another discussion point with a, a great book here called Letter to the American Church uh, by Eric Metaxas. You know, last time, uh, it's like we're going into round two of, um, of what we just experienced a few years ago. Some of you have been watching the news headlines, talking about masks and all these other kinds of things. Uh, and we're really getting into the church's epic failure to really stand for truth in the larger culture, which is huge. And hopefully we've learned from this, but we're going to get into some important topics in the podcast today about what is the church and what can we learn from history? How can we not make the same mistakes at this critical juncture of American history? So you're not going to want to miss this. Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Here we are once again at making Jesus Lord, or declaring Jesus. We're not making him anything. We're declaring Jesus as Lord of all of life. In fact, the, this podcast is all about bringing his lordship to life. And um, I think it's very uh, apropos that we're getting ready to jump into a new book, which we'll introduce to you in just a moment. Um, but so much of what our society is dealing with today is the fact, especially the church, failing to stand up and declare Jesus Christ as Lord of all. And I don't know how many of you have been paying attention, um, but we're seeing a ramping up of the same uh, COVID hysteria and nonsense. Of course, it's an election cycle. I never thought that uh, germs and elections went hand in hand, but <laughs> evidently whenever there's an election, there's a breakout of COVID um, for obvious reasons. Um, but I want to just start off with stating the obvious. Uh, it says the WHO, World Health Organization, now admits that asymptomatic transmission of COVID-19 is very rare. The claims of asymptomatic transmission was a major justification for social distancing, the lockdowns, and the mask. Everything about COVID-19 hysteria has been a lie. So the facts are coming out. And uh, I think everybody uh, that's paying attention is not politically blinded, at least realizes that so much of the, what the COVID circus was, uh, was just that. It was a circus uh, with political implications. The troubling thing is, is we're seeing all of this re-ramping up again. So now we've got Jill Biden who came down with COVID. And we have Whoopi <laughs> yeah. Goldberg who came down with COVID. Yeah. Uh, the two very high-profile people. And now we've got the president uh, and his uh, press secretary st stating that uh, on the inside buildings and so forth that the president's going to be wearing a mask, um, which to me is totally uh, amazing that we're looking to, to go back with round two after all that we saw come out, the truth that we came out right. uh, during this last time. I think, I think America has seen that this COVID uh, episode is so much more than just for health reasons. There's, like you mentioned, political reason. Yep. And there's crazy economic uh, underlining tones in terms oh, yeah. of transfer of wealth, money for big pharma. Uh, so so we, I think, I'm hoping the American people recognize this is so much bigger than what they pres present it as. Right? Yeah. Just to take care of yourself. No, there's there's a lot of agendas behind all these different things. A lot things. of agendas. Yeah. Here, here we've got... Uh, uh, Fauci making his rounds again, the retired Fauci. Yeah, promoting. I thought he was, I thought he was gone. And, and I, I thought this was interesting, just so that we don't forget. Um, this was Gene Simmons. You're willing to walk among us unvaccinated. You are the enemy. Uh, Don Lemon. 
CNN host, don't have the vaccine, can't go to the supermarket, can't go to the ball game, can't go to work, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Mm. Remember all these bold yeah. statements on how we were being demonized. Yep. Jimmy Kimmel, who gets an ICU bed? Vaccinated person, come right in. Unvaccinated person who gobbled horse goo. Of course, we're referring to Ivermectin. Rest in peace, Wheezy. So much for the compassion of these late-night uh, talk show hosts. Arnold Schwarzenegger, screw your freedom. <laughs> Piers Morgan, love the idea of COVID vaccine passports for everywhere. Flights, uh, clubs, gyms, shops. It's time COVID-denying anti-vaxxer loonies had all of their, I can't mention that word, it's a profanity word, all of their blankety-blank bluff called. And then Howard Stern, another beacon of freedom. <laughs> when are we going to stop putting up with idiots in this country and just say it's mandatory to get vaccinated? F-U-C-K-M, F-U-C-K, their freedom. I mean, I'm sharing all of this so that we don't forget the incredible tyranny that was everywhere last time we went through um, this whole nonsense and it's yeah. starting to come up and, now and again. And so much of these scientific fact has been exposed, the reality has been exposed, the scientists who have been silenced, uh, you, now you're hearing their backstories. But, but their venture to say, listening to them saying those things remind me of quite a religious zeal. Oh, absolutely. That they are communicating these quote unquote facts um, that they're so passionate about that they were going to throw away their freedoms. Um, throw away your freedoms yep. because of, of uh, seemed like a religious passion for this. Yes. Right? Oh, oh, absolutely. And I was, uh, re again, rewatching videos of what took place over in uh, Australia, for instance, where people being choked, thrown to the ground. What was their crime? They weren't wearing a mask. Of course, mm -hmm. we just saw the travesty of the, uh, quote, insurrection. Uh, some of these people uh, being given sentences. A man who was not even at the, the event uh, given, no, I think, 22 years in prison, uh, which is just crazy. I mean, the injustice is happening. We, uh, uh, Charlie Kirk said we now have political prisoners in America. Oh, yeah. um, this is crazy where we're at. And, um, and so kind of we say all this to set up uh, where we're going to be, what we're going to be talking about in the next um, months ahead. Uh, we just got done with Eric Metaxas's wonderful book, um, A Republic, you know, If You Can Keep It. I received a lot of good feedback from that, and I know a lot of you that are watching this podcast appreciate when we give book ideas. Well, I'm going to give you a big book idea. It's not a new book, but it's a big book. This is uh, Eric Metaxas's book called Bonhoeffer. This book really messed with me because I I had heard I don't know about your background I had heard about uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer but never really spent much time uh, in detail knowing who he was so there was some assigned reading at my alma mater um, for, uh, to read some of Bonhoeffer's works but uh, Eric Metaxas nailed it with this incredible biography uh, about Dietrich Bonhoeffer of course he was the famous pastor who stood up in resistance to the Nazi. Uh, takeover in Germany and really tried to mobilize the pastors to be a voice for righteousness. Of course, it was too little too late, and Bonhoeffer uh, actually was martyred by the Nazis shortly before the whole thing ended. Um, he was hung with uh, 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 piano wire, 
uh, and uh, and died an untimely death, uh, I believe, in his 30s uh, as a young man. Um, but anyway, this book is, when I read it, I could not help but see the parallels between the silence of German pastors during the Nazi Holocaust and what we're witnessing in America today. Mm -hmm. The absolute silence of the church, or at least church leadership, to speak out on these issues and to remain silent. And, you know, the, the German pastors hid under the, uh, you know, Roman 13, obey your authorities passage, <clears throat> misapplied while they watched this entire Nazi evil take over their country. And, of course, the Holocaust is what resulted uh, in the deaths of millions and millions of people fighting um, against Nazi, Nazi Germany and Hitler. Um, anyway, so to, so to read this book and just be hit with, my goodness, we're, we are literally ramping up for, for all of that round two in America if the church doesn't awaken, which leads us to not the big thick book, but to this wonderful book by Eric Metaxas. It's called Letter to the American Church. I believe it's a book every pastor in America should read, and if not, if not the pastors, every Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, uh, American-loving, freedom-loving person should pick up that book and read it. We're going to be working our way through it, and we're going to start on that today. But um, did you get to read any of the end of Bonhoeffer's The Big Book yet? No, I, I didn't read Bonhoeffer. I read Metaxas' uh, Wilberforce. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I did Another my, book. We yeah. Should. No, so I, that was... Uh, that was my kind of my my uh, paying the dues of a thick book by Eric Metaxas. <laughs> so I haven't read Bonhoeffer yet. I heard a lot about him, but I have not read yeah. that book. It, it is a deep dive, but it is well worth it. And of course, Eric Metaxas is a, a great historian and a tremendous writer. Yeah. Um, but let me give a little background. He said this is in a letter to the American Church in the preface. He says, "I have written this book because I am convinced the American Church is in an in an impossibly, almost unbearably." important inflection point. In other words, we've come to a point in our nation's history where we're at a crossroads. And what we do here and what we do now um, will set the trajectory for, for where we're, we're going. It's that important. He said parallels between the German church in the 1930s and the American church now are, are uh, unbelievably clear and and uh, and. and, and out there, you know, we can see it. He said, we need to avoid these mistakes. The German church was silent in the face of evil. The American church is guilty of the same silence. And and let me just mention, the silence that, that I wanted to highlight was, was I guess, made apparent during this last um, uh, COVID vaccine, you know, mandate thing that we went through just a matter of years ago now. Uh, or a year, how, it's not been that long ago we've come out of the woods. Um, but anyway, there was this amazing silence and lack of leadership in the church that led to all kinds of tyrannies. And he's saying, we got to wake up because that, that was just one thing we're looking at. We could spend all day focusing on what's wrong with America right now. Um, but he's basically saying we're at a crossroads and we cannot fail at this point or the consequences will be great. Right. It's interesting because he made the connection, you know, especially for the German church at the time, they did not... Uh, they they yielded to the Nazi government on this area, and, and I guess the church leaders at that time would say, "Well, we're yielding in this area, but but we're still faithfully preaching the gospel." And right. he, and, and basically, Metax is saying, "Well, the American church is doing the same thing. You know, we say outwardly we're still preaching the gospel, but when we yield into this one area of of, of whether it's COVID or or even wokeness." 
basically, what that's it, it, it's not just one area. This is one area that affects the faithfulness of the gospel that we are sharing. Right? Exactly. It affects exactly. everything. It's, it's, it's an inflection point. You yeah. can't you can't compartmentalize the gospel. Right. And uh, and so there's this idea. Hitler actually told the pastors. You take care of, you know, people in the church and the four walls of the church. You know, I'll take care of Germany and where we're headed as a nation. And as if somehow those two things were not intertwined. Yeah. Uh, so, so what happened is there became a very privatized, pietistic faith, meaning keep your views to yourself, stay within the four walls of the church. You know, right. you, you have the freedom to talk about those matters there. But that was just, that was just a, a brief concession. Uh, because Hitler very quickly took over the content of the church, uh, what they were allowed to say, weren't allowed to say, and basically neutered every pastor uh, and basically made the church a weapon of the state. Uh, that's what's happening in America today. We're told we can say what we want within the four walls of our church, but don't try to bring that out in the public arena as if the gospel had any larger application um, or you're going to pay for it. You know, you'll be canceled, you'll be you know, shut down, you'll be called names, whatever. So it's, the parallels are, are powerful. And I love, you know, Metaxas really goes from where we left off, uh, a republic, if you can keep it, right? He talked about American exceptionalism, and he said, you know, we have a responsibility uh, to speak out against evil. Uh, we are a world leader. We, we, have, we have promoted religious liberty um, from our beginning. We have been a, a safe place for people to come and experience freedom of religion. And the goodness that that has created as a nation, a nation founded under God, has been, we've exported that to all the nations of the world. We, we, have, promo we have stood up against bullies all over the planet. We've gotten involved in protecting the least of these in all, all the nations of the world. Uh, and, uh, and we have a, a moral responsibility to continue to, to do that with the freedom that we've been given. So in other words, American exceptionalism demands uh, that we have a, a, response, a greater responsibility. And, uh, and he starts off by making that, that clearly. He says, we should underscore the idea that the centrality of our nation in the world does not mean that we are intrinsically exceptional, but rather that God has sovereignly chosen us to hold the torch of liberty for all the world and that the church is central in doing this. So this kind of comes right back to the pulpits and right back to the church. If the church is silent, if we stop standing up against evil and injustice in our own nation, um, then how in the world are we going to be a light and a beacon and a city on a hill to the other nations of the world? It's an impossibility. So the church has got to show up. And I hope, you know, my, my plea is that if, if pastors did not learn from COVID round one, that being silent, shutting our doors, embracing the term uh, non-essential, allowing our small business owners to literally be beaten into submission or go out of business, right? Um, all the forced mass, man, we, we imported all of this nonsense into the church. Uh, and so many of, of the pastors in America just rolled over and took their cues from the World Health Organization or some other unelected body of people. Um, we failed to understand what is the church. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But it was an epic failure. We had so many of, the, of their sheep leave those churches and go to churches that were standing up for truth. Um, and now my fear is, okay, guys, have we learned anything? Or are we just going to do the same 
cowardly, you know, ostrich head in the sand. Uh, take your cues from whatever government agency or whatever is telling you what to do, or or have we learned anything? And I guess I guess that's what's yet to be seen. I, I think that the, the issue is what I've learned is that there's pastors and there's pastors. If you see the the role of operating an institutional church as a as an opportunity for you to kind of you know. I don't know. It's to kind of uh, provide a service uh, and not a prophetic call from God, right? Right. If you lar- I mean, you really expose what what's your true perspective. If, you're, if that's your perspective, is, is you know what we're here. We don't want to. We're not here to you know stir anything up. We're here to provide a service. We're here to serve the community, and and the, and the community says shut down. We're going to shut down. But there's not that intrinsic sense of a call from God. Then then that is what you're going to do. So, so, so even I think that's why his question was church is so important because I think right now we're in a divided nation with divided churches because the definition of a church has already been divided. Exactly, right? and, that, and that's and that's the, the probably the the most salient question he starts to, with the book. You know, starts off with the book is what is the church? And and I shared this from our pulpit. Yeah. You know, the doctrine of the church is what we call ecclesiology. I think. Most pastors were literally caught with our pants down during this last episode of tyranny because we've never had to face this before. And right. so we want to be the good guys. We want to be the ralliers. We want to be the peacemakers. We want to be the guys that are doing, you know, you know, food drives, clothes drives for the community. And, and that's all fine and dandy. But things shifted, and we were not in that mode again. We were in the mode where, wait a minute, you know, where do we get our where do we get our marching orders from? Is the church just an organ of the state? You know, a lot of pastors were, uh, during COVID were saying, "Well, you know, we're we're going to do what the public school system does. We're going to do what our attorneys tell us is the right thing to do. We're going to consult our uh, our insurance company." We just saw this complete lack of leadership. Like, where and where are we supposed to get our cues from? Any of those organizations and I'm not criticizing any of them but like what is the church right. and and where where do we get our marching orders and are we just again are we just under the secular government right following whatever the government says to do or is the church different are we a different institution do we have a separate sphere of authority given to us by God and of course we would argue yes in the latter yes we're, we're not the state we are the church of Jesus Christ and we stand for truth with a capital T, and we stand against injustice, and we don't get our, our orders from the state. And yet it's amazing to me how many pastors were just coming right under that and saying whatever the governor, whatever the president, whatever the world, whatever Dr. Fauci. Like, who is Dr. Fauci, and why is he telling the Church of Jesus Christ what to do? Right. And it's interesting because if you study the history of mankind, you know, there's a reason why republics and and the, sep- this, the sense of, like, uh, people equality of rights. The, the why is there always a trending towards elitism? Because people slowly, bit by bit, give up liberty, yep. give up power, and those yep. who are in power are bit by bit encroaching to grab more power. Right, and the Church of Jesus Christ should be should be a balancing force against that to yep. say, hey, because we are not an entity like any other t- entity in the world, we are the body of Christ. We're connected to Christ Himself. We should be the a- biggest advocate for liberty. 
for individual freedom, yeah. for liberty. Right? Like we, we should be the bulwark against that tyranny that's always coming. And in, in, in that last test, I feel like the church in general, uh, uh, in America at least, has, has not stood up to, pretty well to that act of tyranny. Oh, abs- absolutely. And I've said this before. You know, we're the, we were the, the church has always been the last bastion of, of freedom. You know, most of, most of the tyrannies take place out in the, in the public arena, right? In jobs, the work setting, community, et cetera, et cetera. The health organizations, whatever. Um, but the pulpit has been the, the proclaimer, the prophetic voice of freedom and liberty. Uh, and which is why, again, when governments have the ability to shut the church down for health reasons, um, or whatever reasons they make up, that is a massive attack on uh, religious liberty and on personal, the personal liberties that come out of that. Well, and, and, and that's make the contrast. It wasn't that they just shut the church down. They allow so many other things that's considered exactly. essential to be open, uh, such as uh, marijuana dispensaries and like... Strip clubs, uh, abortion uh, clinics, and then, of course, right. all of our big box places right. uh, that, that uh, shut down the little guys. So, so it was just even in that injustice of, wait a second, the government doesn't just shut things down. They have... They can, they have they can pick and choose of what they would like to shut down. And then we're simply at, we want to ask the question and say, wait, wh- where do you meet, meet, how do you make those decisions, discretions? It doesn't make any sense yeah. to, to, to normal people, right? Yep. And, 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 and we start asking those questions. So there's not just that issue of well, this government has authority to shut down churches. There's also, there's also the issue of injustice. Yes. You know, misapplied principles. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, um, Metaxas starts off by simply defining the fact that God asked his people, the church, to actually live out their faith in all spheres of their lives so that, not because we're selfish, so that we actually believe that the gospel is good news to our neighbors whether they believe in Jesus or not. So our failure has been a failure to be the church. He also talks about, and we're going to get into this, a gradual receding of public from public life. In other words, where the state begins to kind of to tell the church, hey, you guys just stay in your in your arena of course their arena suggests that jesus is not lord of all that jesus has no say in godly government and public policy and public health policy and of course he does and that's that's what we're proclaiming in this podcast that jesus has a voice in every arena of our life so the church and the gospel should be informing every single aspect of society not just what we do in church on sunday or sunday school or, or uh, traditionally what's been known as um, helps ministry, right, where we're going to raise money for diapers or we're going to raise money for this or that or whatever good causes. No, no, no. We are a prophetic standard for truth in every arena of society. Um, he says, you know, when you look back historically, and this, this uh, might date some of our, or certainly date me, you go back to like the Jerry Falwell's The Moral Majority. I remember Jim Dobson was coming out, focused on the family, speaking out broadly on these things, recognizing that we were getting our brains beat out in Washington, D.C., uh, with bad policy that was hampering the church and hampering the message of the gospel and hurting people. Uh, and so we see these things, even Pat Robertson and, and uh, the religious right, all of these things became almost um, uh, terms, uh, uh, d- uh, derisive terms, like we're going to call, you're part of the religious right, you're part of the moral majority. Uh, and even the church started mocking these organizations when really what they were doing was saying, wait a minute, 
Should we not be speaking, for instance, about the evils of abortion? Should we not be speaking about rampant sexual sin in our nation? Should we not be fighting against pornography uh, and the effect that it's having on rotting the moral rot in our culture? Uh, again, these were courageous people that were movers and shakers. That we, we talk about them today because they had a big impact. And yet now they're, they're used by modern Christians almost as a mocking term. Um, like, we shouldn't be doing that. And he talks about in, in a book, or in his book, a book that came out by uh, James Davis and Hunter called To Change the World. And basically, he, he argued that the church should be a faithful presence. In other words, just kind of be quiet, just, you know, love our neighbor, go about our business, um, you know, be a model Christian. And if in doing that, then somehow just by being a faithful presence, we're going to somehow transform America and transform the world. Now, really what he was encouraging was kind of just be quiet, mind your own business, stay in your lane. And that somehow I've, I've heard this among a lot of pastors and Christians. If we'll just be like nice, let's just be nice. And, um, and by being nice, um, people will see, oh, those are Christians and let's, be, let's want to be like them. Yeah. But that being nice meant pulling out of every major battle that matters. You know, we're talking again about injustice and about truth and about righteousness and about people's lives. Should the church not be jumping into these things and letting our voices be heard or should we just be this faithful presence, this silent minority over here that's just smiling and handing out, you know, tracks or handing out diapers until Jesus comes trying to be a, a help, I guess. I think the problem is like, you know, for me personally, I would love it if I can just not talk about these hot topic issues. Yeah, there are. I will, uh, most people, outside of a few exceptions, most people are not like looking for a fight with their neighbors, right? They're not trying to put a sign in their yard to make it divisive. That's not the intention. I feel like even when they write this uh, faithful presence, it's almost uh, uh, rebuking those contentious Christians who just wants to stir up trouble. Right. Most Christians are not that way. No. The problem is we don't have a choice. <laughs> The, I'm not looking for the fight. The fight is coming to our school board meetings. The that, fight that is, is coming that is, to that is a great point. And it's coming we've to never our businesses. For the fight. We've, we, we finally, I'm not looking for a fight. I got so much on my plate. <laughs> yeah. I got four little kids to raise. I got bills to pay. I got stuff I do. I mean, who, I'm not going around looking. That is not the point. The fight is coming to our doors. It's coming to our kids' doors. It's coming to our TV screens. It's coming to our our, our government. We look. I mean, I think that's the reality. No one really wants to talk about, right? People love to use straw man argument. They find a few Christians who might be little hot heads and pushing their views right, down, right. and they make everything about these guys. Look, most men and women of God wants to be left alone. They want to be a faithful president. They don't want to be kind to their neighbors. They don't want to be divisive. They want to be unified. They want to love people well. But when these fights in which when you look at it, you're like, there's such injustice. This doesn't make any sense. It's hurting our neighbors. It's hurting our families. We see the breakdown of the family. We see the breakdown of kids. Our our jails are overloaded. People who are broken. What are we going to do in the middle of all that, right? I want to I want to ask him about faithful presence for issues like slavery or, or racism. You're going to be a faithful president not speak about those issues either let's not get into the, the battles and because they're contentious and right there you know, people have high emotions and sometimes there's, there's anger and all these other kinds. let's just let's just be quiet and we'll just pray and, and we'll just love our neighbor right. and hope this slavery goes away i mean how yeah. foolish is that 
Yeah, we fought a bloody war over that, right? And, and I think of all the, the, the country that we are today, literally people have fought wars, given their lives, shed their blood for the freedom that we have to preach the gospel. And just to watch, for us in the church, especially pastors, just to hand all of that, give it all away, uh, because we're just going to be nice, and we're going to just be a faithful presence. While all these liberties that our forefathers shed their blood for, died for, uh, so that America could be a city on a hill, so that we could be a beacon of freedom to the rest of the nation. For us to roll over and just allow this to all be taken from us in the name of Christian love or loving your neighbor or whatever. I, you know, remember during COVID, all the... The nonsense from the pulpits about get a shot, love your neighbor, wear your mask, love your neighbor, practice social distancing, love your neighbor. Um, I mean, I it's like give away your freedom, love your neighbor. Don't care about the gospel, love your neighbor. Don't care about truth anymore, love your neighbor. Yeah, let people let the, emotionally yeah. be dysfunctional and be isolated. Yeah, let, love your neighbor. Let the people sitting in yeah. your pews lose their business, love your neighbor. Right. Um, I mean, it, it makes you want to puke uh, our response for the last uh, episode. And like I said, I, I think people, I think people have had enough. I mean, I, I really believe. I'm already seeing it. Like, like they better not go there, because because they're going to have a bigger fight on their hands this time. I hope it's from the church. I mean, I really do. I hope people have learned their lesson. But even if it's not, there's a, there's just normal, you know, freedom-loving people that may or may not know Christ that are like, no, we're not going there. Uh, we are not going there. And so I think we've got to keep our eyes open as, as we get closer and closer to the election because um, uh, the, it's going to be an opportune time. I, I joked, I think it was first service last Sunday. I said, man, I hope they pull this nonsense again because we'll be building another facility. Um, and I, I believe that with all my heart. People are sick and tired of what's going on in our nation. And they're looking for leadership. And this book, Letter to an American Church, is really a strong call from a taxist. Like, hey, church, this is our moment to shine. This is our moment to lead. This is our moment to speak to the issues. Uh, this is our moment to, to push back against tyranny. Th this is what the church was made for. And I'm afraid, again, if, if, if some of our pastors haven't learned, we're going to see churches going belly up. Um, and maybe they should. If they can't, if they cannot stand faithfully and witness and stand for truth, um, maybe that should happen. But I, I pray not. I, I pray there's a wake up call, and I pray that Metaxas's book has been part of that wake up call. That yeah. people are going, wait a minute, uh, let's let's have a do over uh, this next time around. Um, maybe that's a good place for us to stop this podcast. Uh, <laughs> But when we get into next week, we're going to be talking about what is the role of the church. And he, and he asked some really good questions. How do we get to this place today yeah. where the church is so compartmentalized, so narrow, uh, our, our, we're so irrelevant, we're so impotent? Like, how do we get here? This is not the church of Jesus Christ. This is not our heritage at all. How do we get to such a pathetic place? And uh, and I hope it's a wake-up call, again, for our listeners that, you know what, it, it we got to pay attention to what's going on in our society today. Sunday morning sometimes is not the place where we have the time to dive into all of that. But this podcast, especially in the next few months, we're going to get into these issues and, and hope it's going to be a reminder uh, of uh, the, the horrible. You know, I, I, I keep thinking of all the calls I got from parents or, or people whose parents were in the hospital. They were not allowed to go see their parents as a pastor. Traditionally, pastors have been allowed to go minister to people who are sick 
maybe on their deathbeds, to share the gospel, to minister, to pray for them, um, as a pastor not being allowed in hospitals, um, uh, having to look through the window at, at loved ones, um, if you could do that on the ground level, waving at them. Remember all these pathetic scenes that we had, people in our church that witnessed the death of both parents, not to COVID, but to to uh, other sicknesses that took their life and they were not allowed to go see them. I mean, I think of the untold pain, uh, the disaster economically that we're still in today trying to pay the COVID bill, right? Yep. For all the all the government intrusion into the, into the private free marketplace, which again is a government cr- crossing out of its lane. All of these things have, have a totalitarian impulses written all over them. And what we're realizing is the names we were called, right, the, the conspiracy theorists and all of these things, um, now we're finding out that, no, 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 we were right, and these things were true, and, uh, and, and history has proven that. So, we, man, I just, want to, I just want our listeners to be awakened to some of the things that so quickly go out of our minds because uh, over our dead bodies, is this going to happen again? Um, uh, in terms of this mask wearing and all this posturing, I mean, folks, I saw somebody at the at the store the other day walking around in a mask, and I just want to say, lady, haven't you read the data? Masks don't work; they don't stop the transmission of disease. In fact, they're counterproductive. They actually produce uh, respiratory problems and other problems. Why are you wearing a mask? Um, but we're going to see uh, again and again, it, the more hysteria, the more the media ramps this up, all the fear, people are going to be following. You're going to see people following like sheep, uh, sh- sheep to the slaughter. Uh, and I just pray again, don't wear the stupid mask, don't get the shots, don't comply, um, live as free people, and the church should lead the and way. And don't watch those media. <laughs> <laughs> And most of you listening are not watching them anyway already. (laughs) Turn off your TV. Uh, We will not go there again. So, again, get these books. I encourage you to read these books. They're powerful books. uh, And and America needs a wake-up call. I believe this is part of the solution. I hope the church leads the way this time. So we're going to have a lot of, uh, of great stuff to cover in the weeks ahead. We hope you'll turn in, like this podcast, share this podcast, uh, and uh, be a part of the uh, uh, solution and not the problem. We'll see you next Thursday.